Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another Apostolic Music episode here as we creep toward the close of season three. I have had so much fun in these interviews, getting to chat with some old friends and making some new ones. Today's guest is a new friend, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you. I recently started following Melody Silva on Instagram after seeing her content coming up in my reels. I loved everything she was sharing. And when I saw that she offers online resources for learning to play the piano, as well as encouragement for music departments and worship leaders, I knew she'd bring something special to this season. And I was not wrong. I enjoyed this conversation so much. If you're feeling discouraged about your ability to learn or play music, if you wish you could be like other musicians or music departments you see on Facebook or YouTube live streams, or if you struggle with not having time or the ability to focus on the calling and gifts God has placed in your life, this episode will speak to you. I will warn you, it will challenge you a little. It did me, but in such a kind, compassionate way that you're gonna leave this conversation feeling empowered and invigorated to do that thing that you know God wants you to do. So listen in and be encouraged by this conversation with Melody Silva. Melody Silva, welcome to Good Question. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for thinking of me. We're excited to have you on. We're doing an apostolic music season for season three. And we felt like the uh, the work that you're doing and the perspective that you would bring would be a nice way uh, to kind of round out some of the other guests that we've had. Before we jump into all of that music talk, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you're about. Hi. Okay. Well, thanks again for having me on. It's definitely a pleasure. Um, I'm Melody Silva. I recently became Melody Silva at mm. the beginning of this year. I got married. So that's exciting. Yes. Um, my story, let's see how far back do you want to go? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was raised in Texas in a small church um, in the city of Shepherd. And um, I was there until I was 18. When I was 18, I decided I wanted to go to Bible. Actually, when I was probably 12, I decided I want to go to Bible college at Jackson College of Ministries in Jackson, Mississippi. And so when I was 18, that's what I did. And my senior year of college, um, I accepted a position at a church um, in Mississippi and was there for a little over 12 years as a music director. And then I sort of had a hiatus of about a year. And then I accepted another position um, in California as a music director was there for almost exactly five years. So that brings us up to 2022. (laughs) Wow. So you have kind of like I have been um, some experience with being in churches in different parts of the country. 
Yes. And getting to see a little bit of like some differences, I'm sure, that come along with that. Oh, yeah. Different dynamics. I I feel like location plays a part into a church culture, but also like, you know, the pastor, for example, my pastor when I was in Mississippi was actually from California. Hmm. So it was interesting to go from, you know, being in Texas and then under a pastor who is from California, just, you know, different, different pastors lead differently. So you learn a lot of you learn a lot of ways to work with people and a lot of ways to just, you know, communicate because every, like I said, every church culture is different. So it's very interesting. Did you find that the church culture impacted the music that you were directing? Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Even the song styles that we would do when I was in Mississippi were different than in California. So that's why I, I have a piano coaching group and that's why I encourage them like know the style of your church because mm. there may be a song that you're not thinking of that may just go over in your church and people may be slain in the spirit and maybe <laughs> it doesn't speak to you as a music director. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that happens. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, you have to you have to put aside your own uh, preferences sometimes. As far as like the styles of music or the songs that you actually really prefer. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's difficult because it feels like when you're the, you're the face of the music department and then people look at you and they say, well, you did this and and you taught this song. And it's like, yeah, but I can't tell you that I don't like that song. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the moment, I am focusing primarily on my business, which is Tune Bucket. I help women who are discouraged learn piano online. And I have felt to do this um, exclusively for about six years. And the opportunity opened up. And it's just been really exciting and a lot of fun to be able to pour into other people. Yeah. So when you say women who are discouraged, what kind of things are you seeing that are troubling ladies that are trying to learn piano? So I'm seeing women who maybe took lessons as a child and they didn't stick with it. And so... (laughs) Raising my hand over here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's anybody I come in contact with. I'm like, yeah, that's my story. I'm like, I know it's everybody's story. (laughs) And so maybe they're 18 or maybe they're 25 or maybe they're 40. And now it's, uh, there's an opportunity presented to them to either play in church or, you know, whatever the opportunity is and they're having to kind of brush off the cobwebs and remember what a C chord is and Mm. remember how to read a chord chart. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear involved in that. Um, There's a lot of insecurity that comes with that. So being an encourager of other people, being an encourager of women and just, you know, helping them through the seemingly small issues like this but those issues of insecurity and feeling like man I'm behind look I'm 40 and the you know the latest piano player for camp meeting was looks like they were 12 they're probably 18 (laughs) but you know what I'm saying it's it's like you struggle with you know why now God why am I doing this now yeah yeah why me so that's Mm. a lot of what I see Mm. that's yeah I can I can relate to that a lot so, so you offer um, online, you said they're coaching groups? I have a coaching group and then I have piano lessons, two okay. different um, courses. Mm-hmm. So what does someone 
what what does a group look like? So the coaching group is a lot more interactive. We do live classes. For example, the class that's coming up this um, week. I'm not sure when the podcast comes out, so I kind of hesitated. But this next coming week, the class we're recording is about um, songs you struggle with picking out by ear. Mm. And so students are going to submit songs. I'm going to kind of talk them through how to pick the song out by ear, how to listen for, you know, different things to help you know what chord um, you're going to play next. So we talk a lot about playing fast songs, doing fills, um, just kind of getting out of your playing ruts. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the classes, you, I assume you do like live one-on-one online classes? No, I don't do live one-on-one um, classes just because I don't feel like most people live in a world where they can do that consistently and really mm. feel like they're being productive. You know, life just happens. And because I'm focusing specifically on women who are discouraged, it's mostly women who are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And, you know, to commit to an hour lesson every week and Mm, learn mm -hmm. a song every week just it just doesn't happen yeah and one of the things that gets us is when we get discouraged we beat ourselves up we criticize ourselves and then we quit Mm -hmm. and so the beauty of having something like a coaching group is okay you didn't touch your piano at all this week I'm sure there's 10 other people in the group that are in the same boat Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and sometimes even me it's surprisingly it's hard for me to practice too um so just creating a way for people to still keep pushing forward without feeling like you completely have to just quit or derail yourself because you're so discouraged yeah that's what I love about the group Mm -hmm. yeah I love that so we've had other guests who we've talked about um teaching kids music and getting kids started in music and a lot of them have told us they feel the piano is a good place to start do you agree with that do you play any other instruments um well define play (laughs) (laughs) i i don't really i play the organ the organ is probably my first love when it comes to um playing so keys and organ is what i play I've learned a little bit of drums and bass just because um, being a music director, I was in a place where I didn't have anybody. So I had to train some musicians Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, here's how you play the, I think it's called the bass drum and the snare. Like Mm -hmm. I can show you how to keep a beat on that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think if you're just starting off, learning the piano is a good place to start. But if you... If you already know how to play another instrument, I I know several people who play guitars and bass and they're just like incredible musicians. They have a really good musical ear and probably even could pick up a piano really quickly. Mm. Yeah, but the piano is a good place to start because it'll give you um, chord structure. It'll help you with rhythm. It'll just kind of give you a, a well-rounded idea of music and then you can stem off from there. Yeah. I'm thinking back to whenever I took lessons, which was a very long time ago for a very short amount of time. How long? Oh, I don't even remember. I mean, it was, I was a teenager, uh-huh. so it would have been, <laughs> uh, we won't say how long ago now, but uh, long enough, 20 years ago, <laughs> probably. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a lady that taught lessons that had kind of her own chord system. And Mm -hmm. so it was nice because it was teaching you how to play 
I guess her goal was to teach you to play by ear. I never made it that far. Mm-hmm. And I find that like, this is, sounds so silly, but like, I'm such a perfectionist that whenever I would sit mm-hmm. down to play, I would lose the timing because I would be so focused on, I miss that chord. And I need to go back and fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I would throw myself off. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think I probably fit into that category of just like, this is so hard and I don't have the, probably the time or the, like, I didn't quite know how to keep going in a way that was going to progress myself forward. And so I just kind of, yeah, just kind of gave up. Oh, so <laughs> the, the reason that you stopped is just because maybe you got discouraged or something? Yeah, I think, I think part of it was, if I'm honest, my mom and my sister were, we were all taking lessons at the same time and they were uh-huh. both picking it up really fast. Uh-huh. And, and so I think I got discouraged that I was behind. And then mm-hmm. it was around a point in time where like, I, if I remember right, we didn't have a piano in our house. So I was having to like go to my grandmother's to practice. Yeah. And it was that like yeah. in-person one hour a week. Yeah. And, and I would feel, have that feeling of like, okay, it's Tuesday and I have I have lessons this afternoon. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't practiced this song she gave Let me, me last week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is not really successful. Um, no, <laughs> not a good not. strategy. So uh, yeah. <laughs> and your piano teacher sitting there like, you didn't practice, did you? <laughs> no, exactly. And she was the sweetest lady, but it was just like, you know, and then I just feel bad. Like I'm wasting her time. Like this is, this is a waste of yeah, everyone's time. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of people's story. But I would, I've always, you know, I've always thought I would absolutely love to be able to play. It's just the process of getting there. And like anything, like if you don't put the time and the, in the effort into it, it's not going to get better. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's easy to focus on where you're not mm-hmm. and forget actually where you, what you can do musically. It's interesting because my first music director position, I worked with very beginner musicians. In fact, I've told this story before, but I um, had a guitar player and a drummer the first Sunday I was there, and then they got sat down the next service, and it was me. So I was playing the piano. I was worship leading. I was directing the choir, everything from the piano, and I would go home just so exhausted. And I thought, how in the world do people do this? I mean, I'm just like, it takes me six days to recover from Sunday. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't really have another choice. So I just started going up to people in my church and I would say, hey, how would you learn how to play? Like, how would you like to learn how to play the drums? Mm. And they're like, do what? (laughs) 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 Like, we don't have music in our genes, sister. And I got some yeses. And so I started working with a few musicians. And it was a a struggle in the beginning because not everybody had good rhythm. Some of them have had learning disabilities, but... What we ended up developing was a team of musicians who sounded good, but they were all beginners, basically, Mm. maybe intermediate, beginner to intermediate. And we were so, and I say this loosely, we were so good at what we did that preachers would come in and try to sing a song off the cuff. And I would just get the big eye and be like, you can't do that. Like my drummer can't play six, eight time. <laughs> and it would fall off the rails and they would look at us like, but you guys just played a whole series and it sounded good. But it's because we knew what we knew mm. and that's, we did that well. <laughs> that's very interesting. And so as musicians, we have to remember that God only requires our best. Mm. And so whatever our best looks like, that's our, our best sacrifice, our sacrifice of praise. So 
if all I can play is in the key of C is C, F, and G chord, then I'm going to add strings to that. I'm going to find me a drum loop. I'm going to get a bass player <laughs> and a drummer. And we're going to play every song in the key of C, but we're going to do it for the glory of God. And we're going to do our best. Yeah. I like that. And like I said, we're, I feel like this is a great way of rounding out this season because we've talked to a lot of places where a lot of people who are from places where they have large teams, they have uh, people who mm-hmm. have years and years of experience. And we've talked about like the importance of playing skillfully and the importance of doing things with excellence and being prepared. And mm-hmm. all of those things are great. Mm-hmm. But if you're not there yet, if you're not at a point where you have the resources to be able to, you know, go make a studio recording or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're still commanded in the word to praise the Lord with worship. Yeah, it's a place skillfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we're still commanded, and it's part of our apostolic church culture is that our music leads us into worship, leads us into the presence of God, prepares us to hear the word. Right, like this, we have a structure to our services where music is a huge part of it, and we can't just say like, oh well, you know, we don't have anybody here that does that, so we just don't do that here. <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Right. Because when you really understand what music does, worship brings down walls. Mm. So when we execute, and I say this, and I hope nobody takes that out of context, but this is the only way I can think of to say it right now. When we execute a worship service in a way where people are, are able to engage and get their mind on Jesus and the Holy Ghost is able to minister to people, then by the time the preaching happens, people's walls are down mm-hmm. because our walls may look different. A, a visitor's walls may be that they're nervous. Mm-hmm. They're in a new place. They're in a crazy church. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these people are weird, you know, so breaking down those walls. But for someone who's in church, because we have to remember that the people on our teams, this is another one of my candy sticks, but the people on our teams and the people that are members of your church are souls too. Yeah. So the Holy Ghost ministering to them is just as important. So breaking down their walls of, you know, maybe they had a week where they felt like they didn't measure up, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they had a fight with their family before they came to church. So breaking down those walls and allowing the the word to minister to them as well, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. And I I preach excellence too. I believe in all that because anytime we're not doing something to the best of our ability and we're we're making mistakes, we're drawing attention to ourselves. Hmm. And when I thought of it that way, I, it kind of opened my eyes to see, oh my goodness, that's never been my intention. That's never been my heart. Hmm. So yes, practice. Yes, do it to the best of your ability because you're putting all the attention on Jesus so that those walls can come down so that people can hear the word of God. And then ultimately at the end of the service to respond. Yeah. I love that framework. I've never thought about it that way. That when we don't, when we don't do it to the best of our ability, and that doesn't mean the best of someone else's ability. That means the very best I can do, it's pointing to Jesus and not to me. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's a really good way to think about it and a good way to get out of that like shame spiral of like, oh, I messed up or, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think that like you were saying earlier about the discouragement, like these messages get in our heads and they, they just repeat over and over and they paralyze us from moving forward. But when we put our focus on what the focus should be, which is not that I'm the best musician or the best singer or the best whatever, it's that I do this as well as I can to point people to Jesus 
mm-hmm. to usher in his presence. Yeah. And I think the mindset game is something maybe that women struggle with mm. more. Um, it's just how our brains are wired. We can do a hundred things at one time and think of a hundred things while we're doing something else. So that inner critic and uh, the the knowledge that we have about maybe something we saw on Instagram, somebody you know, posted their service or we watched another service and it's, we subconsciously are constantly feeding ourselves these like measurements and okay, well, this church measures up here, this musician measures up here, but here I am way down low. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that I've started to talk about uh, online is what we don't see on live stream. <laughs> yes. You posted about this recently. Talk about that. That was so good. <laughs> I had somebody recently come up to me and they were talking about their church um, music department and there were, you know, problems in their church music department, which is in every church music department, Mm -hmm. if you don't know that. (laughs) And I started sharing that with them. I said, well, that's normal. You know, there are attitudes in every church music department. There are people who just have a hard time getting on the same page. It's just part of ministry, right? Mm -hmm. And they kind of looked at me and they said, you know what? I never thought about that, but you're right. Because they were recently at an event where they sang with uh, like a multiple church choir. Mm. And they said in pre-service, things kind of got tense, you know, in sound check, you know, like there was some some strong opinions coming out (laughs) and (laughs) we don't see that on the live stream we don't see that the soloist walked in 15 minutes late and the music director was mad but we see them singing skillfully on the live stream yeah Yeah. (laughs) so always I always try to think of you know the other story what else could have happened because I've I've been around enough to know that people are the same everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. They're just as human in the north as they are in the south, the east, and the west. <laughs> yeah, yep. and and that one person maybe that was kind of your sandpaper. You're going to find somebody else that way somewhere else. So mm-hmm. just put the blinders on and dig deep where you are and do your best. Yeah, I think for people who don't have the experience of being in multiple places, it can feel like, oh well, we're just not unified. Yeah. We, we just aren't praying enough. We just don't mm-hmm. love each other enough. Or this mm-hmm. one particular person is a problem and <laughs> and they need to get straight. But it's really the yeah. reality of just of the way it goes. You know what opened my eyes to that is our bishop taught a, a lesson at our ladies retreat one year. And he said, we want to be a revival church. And yes, we're on board. We want to be a revival church. And so he said, I'm going to talk about the book of Acts church today. And he started unfolding the book of Acts church. And we hear from the pulpit about the book of Acts church was a revival church, right? Like right. that's what we strive to be. And that's what we hear. We're going to strive to be like the book of Acts church. And he started bringing out the people that were in the book of Acts church, <laughs> like Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're not that far off then. We are a revival church. Yeah. So yeah, Book of Acts Church wasn't about perfection. No. It was people just like me and you, flesh and blood. And we, you know, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us. Yep. Yep. You had Paul and Peter going at each other and <laughs> 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 having to have some sit down, hash some stuff out. 
Oh my goodness. (laughs) I forget which one it was. Somebody probably would know the answer to this, but there was Paul and somebody else. I think it was, was it Timothy that he wouldn't let go with him? Oh no, Mark. Yes. Paul and John Mark. Yes. Yeah. And that story is so interesting because Barnabas was the one who vouched for Paul in the beginning. And then he and Barnabas eventually get into it over John Mark and Barnabas takes up for John Mark and takes him with him and they split up and go different directions. (laughs) Oh man, the Bible is so encouraging in that way. It is. Yes. People have always been people, even in the church. (laughs) Yeah. Even in the Bible, there were people. Yes. (laughs) Well, We've talked a little bit about your Instagram content, which is how I found you, of course. And um, number one, I've just been so impressed. The first way that I even knew of you was through Reels coming mm-hmm. up in my feed, you know, and I would see, and I was like, man, this this lady's like on top of this. She's got this Reels yeah. thing down and I might need some help with that. Um, but then I started paying attention to the content that you were that you were putting out for people. And some some so much of it is just so practical and and hearing you say that your your goal is to minister to people who are discouraged makes a whole lot of sense because the things that you're putting out are talking about these just like everyday practical things. Recently, you did one about feeling like you can't practice because your house isn't clean. <laughs> and that applies to me, even though I don't have a piano or play the piano right now. I can't do anything else. I can't focus yeah. on, on doing co- like podcast work. When the house is a mess and my husband gets frustrated with me, he's like, that can wait. The dishes are always going to be there. Go sit down and do these things you need to get done. (laughs) Talk about some of those things, like some of those practical things that women and not only women, but specifically women struggle with. Um, Yeah. So uh, practice is a challenge for everyone. Um, And I just want to encourage everybody. It's a challenge for me. I got on and did an Instagram live recently so I could practice for five minutes like that. I knew, okay, if I go live, I have to practice for five minutes. If I say, I'm going to practice for five minutes and you guys are going to watch me. (laughs) Because there's, there's something about, it just feels like sometimes you get a lot on your plate and like, you know, mentally you're thinking of like me personally, I opened my laundry room door last night and there's like piles of laundry hanging out of baskets. And I was thinking, how did this happen? (laughs) Who put all this laundry in here, you know? And then my sink is overflowing with dishes and there's dishes on the counter. And I opened my refrigerator yesterday and it's full of food. And I'm like, (laughs) this food is probably two weeks old. And so last night I'm cleaning out, well, cleaning very loosely. I pulled out the (laughs) the old food and sat it on the counter where it's still sitting. (laughs) And I was trying to wipe off the shelves and it was so gunked up and hard. I couldn't even wipe the shelves off. So I just (laughs) shut the refrigerator door. And so we have all these things on our mind and and it, it comes to the point where it's like practice. Yeah. Like I have so many other things on my plate. And so I had to really, I'm currently working on a mindset shift of, God gave me a desire, a talent, and an ability. If God gave that to me and I'm holding that in my hands, how am I going to steward it? Hmm. Am I going to set it down, hide it, put it behind all the laundry? <laughs> you know, am I going to try to protect it and dust it off and shine it and, you know, keep it new every day? So that's that's kind of the thing that pushes me forward and allows me to justify if you will sitting down to play the piano when my house is an absolute wreck Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm a practical girl 
And I believe a lot of things that stop us are practical. Mm. You know, Um, I think as women, it's easy for us to put ourselves on the back burner. And I, I'm not preaching to be, you know, a diva, but um, I do believe that there are things that are important for us to fulfill in our own lives because, you know, the thing about, you know, it's like having a prayer life and walking with God. If you're not pouring into yourself, then there's going to come a point when you're going to be really short with your kids, probably mean to them. You may say things to your husband you regret. You may say things to your music team that you regret because you're so spent and stretched thin. And it, it starts it starts creating this feeling and this pull within your spirit where you just, something's off balance. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's because, you know, we obviously need to maintain our spiritual lives, but these gifts that God gives us, He gives us, He gives it to us for a reason. And I've lived a long, uh, long enough to see ten years fly by like that, mm-hmm. and me think, oh man, that goal that I wanted to accomplish by the time I was twenty-five, the ancient age of twenty-five, <laughs> I had to accomplish that goal, right? I still haven't done it. Yeah, and I'm thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. And what does it look like if another 10 years go by and I'm 49 and that, and that start get, that gets scary. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm going to get to the end of my life and be like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of like the parable of the talents. How did I steward the talent that you gave me? What did I do with it? I don't, I mean, I wash dishes. My dishes are clean, Lord. They're all, they're all put away. There's mm-hmm. nothing in the dishwasher, but what really matters in our lives and what, what really allows us to to give and to minister to other people in a better way. And I believe it's when we steward our own selves. And that means making sure that we're praying, making sure we're doing our devotions, making sure that we're stewarding the gift that God gave us. Hmm. Phew. Well, you're preaching to me today. I'll tell you that. Because, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm exact. I am right there with you. Uh, even down to the like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 39 in a few months. And what am I doing I've I've been thinking a lot about what are my 40s going to look like? And mm-hmm. and you're right, like the, the last 10 years went by in a blink. Like my husband and I um, will celebrate our 10-year anniversary in July. And Aww, um, congratulations. And so, but again, it's like, well, that was, that went by quick. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, oh my goodness, um, that's crazy. And also, what do I have to show for it? And there are things, there are things. It's not like I haven't done anything with the last 10 years, but when you're talking about this, stewarding the gifts that God has given us. I'm good about making sure we're stewarding our finances well, about trying to take care of our home, those kinds of things. But those those gifts of ministry and calling, and you're right, they take a back burner because everything else is in your face, you know, every day mm-hmm. to, to be dealt with. And mm-hmm. so that was why I really appreciated, again, the reel that you did recently where you were like, okay, so just gather up the dishes and stick them in the sink. And, you know, do five minutes, walk around, pick things up and then get that off of your mind and sit down and Mm -hmm. do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's a great reminder to focus on what's really, really important. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, even if I sit down for five minutes and practice, it's like a B12 shot in the arm. I get up and I'm like, okay, what now? You know, what mess can happen? Cause I'm going to clean it up. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, I feel like I can conquer the world. Yeah. Well, and we can also do so much more in five minutes than we think that we can. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. at one point um, when my daughter was little, 
I can't remember what it was. She was, maybe she was taking a nap and I knew I was going to have to wake her up. Or there was something where it was like, I only have like 10 minutes. And I was like sitting down on the couch and my, I wanted, I had been wanting to read this book. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, the book is all the way over, like in the other room. I only have 10 minutes. And I'm like looking at my phone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, just get up and go get the book and sit down and read the book for 10 minutes. And so I made myself get up, go get it, sit down. And I got through like several pages in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And and I realized I was like, I could have sat there for 10 minutes and mindlessly scrolled my phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of getting up the two seconds it took to walk over and get the book and sit back down, you know, and that was just for something that I wanted to do. How much more Mm -hmm. for the things that like I need to be doing? Well, 10 minutes in the the word is going to, like you said, it's a shot in the arm. 10 minutes in my journal, 10 minutes talking to the Lord, 10 minutes, you know, mapping out a little bit of podcast content or whatever it is I need to get done. We underestimate, at least I do, I underestimate how much I can do in a focused amount yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a uh, professional when it comes to like understanding how technology rewires our brains, but I do know that understanding that, you know, we live in a world where we have so much content coming at us. And like you said, scrolling your phone and those things do affect your brain and your attention span and all of that. So to me, like having that knowledge and knowing like it's not just me being a, a I'm not just being lazy. Like there are other things that are Mm. affecting my ability to even focus Mm -hmm. allows me to kind of take control of it and be like, okay, now I know that it's not just me. And I feel like that I can do it because I'm not, it's not me being lazy or, or me just, you know, not wanting to fulfill my calling, but there are other things that are fighting against me. And when I know that, it's like it gives me the extra push to push past it and say, no, I'm going to make myself sit down. My, I encourage people 15 minutes. If you can mm-hmm. practice for 15 minutes, two to three days a week, it's not that much time. And you'd be surprised at how that small, consistent practice time will actually pay off. Yeah, that's great. It's really, really good. Well, we've talked with a lot of different um, people this this season about the uh, the changes and the progress and the the way that apostolic music is growing, and we've asked several of them about the future of apostolic music. What are what are you seeing from your piano bench? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. From my piano bench, I am seeing. The thing that excites me the most is I'm seeing a lot of people um, write songs mm-hmm. and get them out in the world. I personally have been a songwriter for a long time. I have a huge book of songs, but never took the step to, you know, get them out in the world or record them or anything. And so I actually started that process the beginning of 2020, um, recording one of my songs. And then COVID happened. Hmm. Then my mom passed away. Mm. And then the studio where I recorded my song, their computer got wiped. Oh, no. And then they had a fire. <laughs> and then their van got stolen. And so it it's just been like, here we are over two years later. And my song still... <laughs> We still haven't got it together. Oh my goodness. But I'm determined. I talked to them this week and and we're like, no, we're going to get it out. So, (laughs) you know, this whole process has just made me want to encourage people to just, if you write songs, 
you don't even have to wait to record them professionally. Like there's so many avenues for you to get your songs out there. You could record a video for Instagram or YouTube and just start putting music out there because it always feels like that we need a new, a new song for church. We're always looking for new music. Mm -hmm. Um, and to have so many songwriters and artists within the apostolic movement is very encouraging. And I feel like it just develops a camaraderie because we're able to do songs from people that we know. And again, that's a gifting. Writing songs is a gifting from God. And so use it. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I did not know that you were a songwriter. And so that's something to be looking for um, as you as you get that one through all of the fire it's been through and out <laughs> into the world. I know. We'll be looking forward I'm to so that. I'm so excited. It's, it's, it was a collaboration project. I have a couple, several people singing on it. And in fact, I tried to convince my producer to sing on it because I, I sing, but it's not my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so my goal with writing music, I don't want to be an artist. Like I'm not going on tour next week or anything. That's <laughs> not, I don't feel like that's my calling. Like if I ever go on tour, it's, going to be something I don't know something I really felt to do because it's just not where I feel like my niche in life is but I do feel like that like I said the songs I've written I should be putting them out into the world and not hiding in fear because I found what I was doing is is thinking in my head well what if they're not good enough Mm. you know or what if someone criticizes the songs I've written and ultimately if God gave them to me and I'm hiding them then who am I putting the attention on? Yeah. Hmm. I'm putting it on me. So this little introvert <laughs> is pushing herself out of her comfort zone. And um, hopefully you'll hear the song soon. I'm really excited. It sounds amazing and not because of the song I've written, but because these producers, Aaron Barbosa is producing it, him and his brother, Matt, and they're like, they're geniuses. When I heard it, I was like, how in the world did you even make it sound like this? <laughs> So I'm so happy. Well, see, and I love that. That's one of the things that I love is that there are so many different ways that we can be involved. Like, yes, you can be a songwriter and a singer and, you know, go on tour and produce records. Like you can do all of it. Or you can say like, nope, those other things, not really for me. This one thing, mm-hmm. like I God gave, gave me this these songs and I want to get them out to people. Or, yeah. or people that like, I can produce the music. I can take the final product and I can... Do whatever magic they do <laughs> they do in their computers yeah. and make it sound yeah. awesome, you know. And yeah. we, we all have a part to play if we if we think like, oh, I I could never get up on a stage and and sing this in front of an audience, so it must not mm-hmm. be worth anything. Well, no, that's not that's not true at all. Like we all can contribute to this to the pot, you know. We can all put something in and and all benefit from each other's giftings as well. Mm-hmm. So we've asked about collaborating or using music in your music programs that are from non-apostolic sources, like artists or writers. So do you have anything that you use when you're uh, choosing music for your church, choosing music for your team to do? Do you have any criteria that you use as far as where you get that music from? Or is it based on the songs themselves? Um, I would say it's based on the songs themselves. I have a couple of tricks to make it easier to find songs because I used to, you know, back in the day, peruse iTunes <laughs> for new music and purchase a bunch of songs. And then you end up getting to listen to a song and realize, ah, I don't know if this is going to work in church. So 
several years ago, I started work watching a few church live streams that I I found a few churches that I thought their music style was what I liked. Um, I like the songs that they chose and I like their style of music. So I would um, get song ideas from there. Mm -hmm. I personally don't have a problem with singing a song that's written by a non-apostolic artist. I'm sure you've heard the story about, you know, we sing Amazing Grace and that was written by John Newton and his whole story. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As far as a criteria for choosing music for church, I would say don't be afraid to do different styles of music. I like to make, if I'm going to do a Southern gospel song, I want to make it sound Southern gospel. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do, you know, something that sounds more contemporary, I want to make it, you know, as much as possible and as much as works within my church and under the authority of your pastor. Um, you know, if he doesn't like heavy guitars, then don't, I wouldn't put heavy guitars in a song. You could still do a song that maybe originally had heavy guitars, but just do it with piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big lyrics girl. Mm. I'm probably, that's probably one of my weaknesses is I will look at the lyrics before I listen to a song mm. and just analyze a song by the lyrics And I remember one time somebody came up to me, my church, and they said, why don't we do such and such song? And I'm not going to name it because I don't want (laughs) to get a bunch of hate mail in my DMs. And I just quoted a line from the song and their eyes got big and they looked at me and I said, well, that's what you're singing. Mm -hmm. And they never asked me to sing that song again. And people sing it everywhere. It's a very popular song. But I just couldn't sing that line. Mm. And I couldn't find a way to sing the song without, you know, singing that part of the song. So definitely know what you're singing. Theologically know what you're singing. You know, my pastor at the time um, told me a story. He said he thought he was being real humble as a young minister. And he prayed. He said he prayed to God and said, God, don't bless me if I can't handle it. And uh, he told his pastor and his pastor got upset with him and said, don't pray that prayer. He said, you pray for God to help you handle the blessings. Mm. And so it's even like the song, uh, and this may be weird, but like, we don't want blessings. We want you. Mm. And I understand the message of the song, but I'm like, yes, I want Jesus with my whole heart, but also like, I want blessings too. And not in a, not, not in a greedy way, but like, I want my kids to be healthy. I want you know, everybody in my family to, you know, be yeah. alive. I want, you know, yeah. I want God's favor on my life. So anyway, yeah. if you sing that song, I think it's a great song. And I don't think that you're praying away God's blessing <laughs> by yes. singing that. But just definitely pay attention to the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. There have been times where I've even had... Where, where the, like the lyrics of a song are a little bit difficult or like, people, people keep messing them up or something. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, we'll just sing it the other way. It's easier the other way. And it's like, well, but the other way doesn't make any sense. So yeah. <laughs> we need to make sure exactly. what we're singing is like accurate and actually makes sense. <laughs> I remember going through a very difficult season of my life and I had made a decision and had to change the decision as a life altering decision. And I remember driving in my car and I almost was at the point where I didn't even know what to pray, just like in a fog, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember telling God, God, 
I don't have a plan B. And then I kind of started laughing. I was like, I don't even have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't get me out of this, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember a few days later getting my car and the song God Provides by Tamala Man came on. Lyrically, it is like a punch in the gut. It's like a prayer. And that's how I see music as a prayer. Mm-hmm. So that's why when it comes to lyrics, I tend to kind of be, you know, really strict because I feel like you're not just singing words. Like you're, these are words that's, that are put to music, but it's a prayer to the Lord and it's how you're worshiping Him. And it matters what you say. Yeah. It matters what you say to God. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, we went through a big transition with my husband was leaving the military, um, you know, not of our choice, like situations. The Lord just closed the door very abruptly and very firmly and was, yeah, disorienting and confusing. And Mm -hmm. I had heard it was right around the time when um, I think Elevation Worship first put out the song, uh, Do It Again. Mm -hmm. And I had heard that, you know, playing on the radio, whatever, whatever. I had only ever paid attention to the bridge about... I see you move mountains. I believe I'll see you do it again, which is powerful and like awesome part of the song. But I had never yeah. paid attention to the actual verses of the song. And I remember mm. one day just like being outside in our yard and it came on while my daughter was playing. And that whole first part, which is just your promise stands, great is your faithfulness. I'm still mm. in your hands. And like just the impact that that had on me, which was like, yes, the moving mountain part was is awesome. And like, Lord, we need you to move. but you've got us and you're holding us. And yeah, it just hit, it hit me in a whole different way when I stopped and paid attention to what they were saying at the quieter, mm-hmm. calmer part of the song that I hadn't paid attention to before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and it just like, yeah, it, I, I agree with you that the lyrics are, are important. Definitely. Well, is there anything else um, about music, about piano, about your, about your classes and your coaching group that, that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we share with people? You know, I would just say that if you have a gift, constantly be trying to grow it, even in small ways. I still do that. I still do piano lessons. I'm always trying to learn something new. Now, it may take me six months to learn that new thing, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm striving forward. Do that for yourself, for your gift. The beautiful thing about having a resource online is you can do it wherever you are. And I know when I was wanting to really learn to play in church, the bigger struggle for me was trying to find a piano teacher that was close mm-hmm. and somebody that knew my style, somebody that would, somebody that I looked up to musically, you know, and I drove, my mom drove me an hour one way mm-hmm. to Texas Bible College so I could take a piano lesson once a week. So invest, it's worth it. And you, you can give yourself permission to invest in, in that gift, in that part of yourself. Yeah, I love that. Well, our final question of the show is always the same. We are called Good Question. We like to ask every guest, what is a good question that you are asking yourself lately? Oh, a good question. Now, I think it depends on your season of life. In my season of life right now, the important things for me are to cook good meals for my family, to spend time with my family, and then to create a home and atmosphere that feels like a haven, that feels safe. And so the question that I would ask myself every day is, what am I pressuring myself to do? 
that won't really matter in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to run everything through that filter. I know that's probably very serious. Maybe I'm in a serious mood today. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I want to remember laughter. I want to remember happiness and not always feeling like, like I wasn't, you know, measuring up or maybe I put too, too many rules on myself. And so, you know, just to circle back, I think part of that is making sure I'm investing in my gift, playing a little bit, and then creating a space for my family where we can feel safe and we're enjoying each other and, you know, living, living a life that we can look back and be thankful for. Yeah, that's good. It's a good thing. A good thing to run our days through that lens. I love it. Well, Melody, it's been so, so much fun to talk to you. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. If people want to find you in all of the resources that you have on your Instagram and your YouTube and your website, how can they find you? So I am Tune Bucket Piano Lessons on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Tune Bucket Piano Lessons. I love it. Everybody go follow Melody. Go check out all the resources she has available and find 15 minutes today to invest in whatever it is that God has called you to do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Melody, so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys, chatting with Melody was an absolute delight. I loved her perspective on giving your best to God, but not letting comparison to others discourage you into giving up. I was challenged personally by her reminder that at the end of my life, God is not going to ask me about how many dust bunnies I had under my couch or how many baskets of laundry I folded, but He will ask me to give an account of how I stewarded the gifts and callings He entrusted to me. Talk about putting things in perspective. And of course, the practical realities of stewarding those gifts well are, as she said, where we get tripped up. So I'm so thankful for her heart to encourage us in those areas so we can focus on what is truly important. And I'm so grateful that she came to share all of that with us today. If you aren't already, go find Melody on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, find Tune Bucket Piano Lessons. You will be blessed by her content. I know it. If you enjoyed our conversation, as always, we'd love for you to share it with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag us if you wouldn't mind on Instagram. We're at Good Question Show and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find us on Facebook or you can send us an email to goodquestionshow at gmail.com. I keep saying it. It keeps being truer every week. Team Tanderup's swiftly approaching short-term missions adventure to Denmark gets closer every day. We are Tanderup's for Denmark on Instagram if you want to follow along with that. That's Tanderup's with an S, the number four. Denmark. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media, and it's produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup, my co-producer, editor, and the man who will shake his head at me when he hears this episode and say, isn't that what I've been telling you? Is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.